All right, let's go. We're kind of drunk already. <laughs> I can see that. All right. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And this week we are doing Lindsay's binge watch update. Yeah. Um, I have been binge watching Easy. On Netflix. On Netflix. The third season just recently came out. And for those of you that don't know, Easy is all about relationships and it takes place in Chicago. Yep. Um, so, I mean, the reason I started watching this was, like, I knew it took place in Chicago, and I wanted to see places that, like, I recognized in it, which is probably why most people in Chicago watch that show. That's why I watch it. Um, so Easy kind of, like, explores non-traditional, a lot of non-traditional relationships. Um, it, like, it explores, like, the difficulties that people experience Yeah, I was gonna say, it, it demonstrates the not, like, perfect relationship. It's meant to be, like, more of, like what real people go mm-hmm. through and to like demonstrate that kind of thing rather than showing like the idealized yeah. television version of a relationship. Yeah. So, um, like one of the couples is ex- like exploring an open marriage. Um, one of them is like a lesbian couple. There's one couple that's like fighting the entire time. Like they, they're mm-hmm. arguing over whether or not they're happy that they had kids, yeah. like things like that. It's, it's really one guy cheats on his wife with his best friend, yeah. like all kinds of stuff. They explore like um, there was like a a couple that wanted to bring a third in, and yeah. What's really interesting is that the characters are very they're very intertwined. Yeah. So one episode will be about let's say like the the couple exploring the open marriage, but then you'll see one or two of them in like the episodes in later seasons where they're yeah. friends with the other couples, or they're friends with other people, or they're just like in the background at a bar, yeah. which I think is really fun because you can see like. You can see, like, that's the, like the most continuity between the episodes because yeah. otherwise they don't really tie together. They don't, no. Um, but I really enjoy that. And I really enjoy watching it to see, like, oh, I know that place. Oh, that place is like down the street. Or I've been there. I've been to that bar. Or I know this brewery. And um, one of my favorite things this season is there's a brewery that is like a, there's a fictional brewery. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, is that on tour? And it was. It was like really cool to like go to places and see like their fictionalized version of what it's, what it is. Yeah. Um. And like know the location. Uh. They do talk about a lot of like real Chicago beers. So they talk about Revolution. They oh, talk about Half Acre. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the episodes, one of the first season episodes, they're at Half Acre Lincoln. Yeah. Like chilling. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm sad at that table. <laughs> yeah. Um. And the new season, there is an episode where they're at Beguile. Nice. Um, yeah, so it just it, I really enjoyed watching that and knowing like I've been to that brewery or I know what they're talking about, um, which is really fun for me at least. Yeah, it's so fun I've been for me too. That. I mean, that's why I watch it. I am almost done, um, so I started watching it on like Monday. Um, well, you had seen the first. Well, I started watching the new season on Monday. Oh, yeah. okay, got it. Uh, and I'm almost done with it. I watched it a lot today, um, but I, I started the new season on Monday. But I had watched, I rewatched the second season to remember got where it. things were going. Um, but it's fine. If you are interested in looking at places or seeing places that we've talked about actually on the show, um, definitely check out Easy. Sweet. Cool. So let's get into the beer. Yep. Uh, Stephanie, what are we drinking? So today I brought for us Black Noise by Second Shift Brewing down in St. Louis. So this is an imperial style. Ooh. I, in all honesty, have never had this. So, quick story. Um, when I was in St. Louis for work a few months back, 
Um, I was by myself at Side Project Brewing, which is like a, a really cool like sour brewery. And these guys that were sitting next to me, we just started chatting and they were like, hey, like, if you come with us to the next brewery, like, we'll buy your beer. And so I just like, went with them. They were like, these men, probably my dad's age. Cool. So like, it didn't feel like creepy or weird, even no, though it nice. sounds weird. So they, just, <laughs> they thought, they're like, you're really nice. You want to just come with us? Like, we're going to yeah. keep drinking. And I was like, sure, why not? That is pretty cool. Um, and so we went to Second Shift and... I didn't actually drink this there, but one of the guys I was with highly recommended it. And even when I was at Second Shift, I was like, hey, like, what's your favorite stout? Thinking I was just going to bring something back just mm-hmm. to give you. Oh, that's And nice. then it ended up, I was like, no, nah, we should save this for the episode. Yeah. Um, but so it's 9.4%. Nine, 9. Yeah, so uh, buckle up. And the can says, brewed and canned by Kreider Brewing, LLC. And then it also says, for a good time, call 314 314- 325 Gato. Gato is in cat in Spanish. So I don't know where Cryer Brewing is, but I don't. I think they're just like a collaborative thing that does for yeah. Second Shift. Yeah, Second like, Shift um, is pretty small. It's like Central State. Great Central? Great Central, yeah. Central like Great Central or Around the Bend. Yep. It's over here. If you see where a six, funny story, if you see a 16 ounce Mars Jungle Boogie, it's Around the Bend. It's not oh, Mars. I did Mars, not know ca- that. Mars doesn't have the capability to do a 16 ounce can. I did not know that. That was nerdy. Let's open this beer. It's got the smell that I associate with barrel aged beers. It's not barrel aged. It just got this like the soy smell. It does not have that flavor. No. But it has that smell. It definitely has that smell. Now that you say that, I definitely like the amino up on acid. That. Yeah, it's the yeah. acids in it. I always associate with like Worcestershire or soy sauce. soy sauce, but it's like an amino acid thing. But it's, it's not that thick. It, no, it's just a big flavor. It's not like thin. It's not like breakfast stout thin, but it's also not, not like dessert stout thin. No, but it's like a, it's a really, I would almost say it's a thick flavor to it. It's a thick flavor, it. but a like lot. texturally it's not thick. Yeah. Which is nice. I actually really like this. This is also like dangerously good. This thing's 9.5% almost. I'm having a hard time like pinpointing the flavors. It's got a lot of them. I get some coffee. I get coffee. I get I like, get some chocolate. chocolate. I get malt. Yep. I almost get like caramel flavor. Yeah, I pick up on that. Like a little bit of caramel. Okay. It's very very light. All right. So, what are your three words? Um, I know it's two words, but it's one description. Is it, is it, Chocolate, coconut, chocolate? No. Um, <laughs> two words go into the first. I was going to say dark chocolate. I was say dark chocolate. I was going to say it's it's not full on coffee, but it's like a roast, roasty flavor. Roasted, yeah. Yeah. And then like I was... Toasted. Toasty. I'm going to be real toasty after this episode. I'm drinking <laughs> this. Um, third word. It's almost like got like a warming flavor to it. There's almost like, I'm getting like this note. I don't know if it's like my mouth in general or if it's a note. It's almost dry. I get a little bit of mouth dryingness from it. Yeah, it's almost drying, which is like, it's very, very light. Yeah, it's not like a... It's not like a dry beer, which like, stouts aren't really dry, it's not a thing. But It's it, not like, like a, that uh, microphone beer that like made my mouth go super dry. <laughs> I'm going to say dark chocolate, um, 
malt. Mm-hmm. It's very malty. Um, and I'm gonna say caramel. Yeah. Sweet. We picked words. Yep. All right. So for this episode, um, we are going to be doing something special. It's another one of our anniversary episodes. Stephanie, yeah. Want to intro it? So this year is the. 20th anniversary of Spongebob Squarepants. Who also, or not also, but who does live in a pineapple under the sea? He does. That he does. I don't actually know what the next line is. I don't know I the words gonna, are. I was gonna go to the next line and then I had to stop and go, wait, I don't think I remember. Well, no, I... I I don't know the actual words. I can hear it in my head, oh. but it's like just nonsense. It's like who's absorbent in yellow and fluoresces heat. <laughs> it's not actual words. It's, that's actually pretty close <laughs> to what I think it is. I don't know. Like those aren't words, <laughs> but that's always what I sing. Oh, and we're looking it up. Let's look. Absorbent in yellow and fluoresces heat. That was so close. That was really close. <laughs> Wow. I didn't naturally, I've never known the actual words to it. Yeah. Um, That's the only line I didn't know. Anyways. <laughs> go on. <laughs> Ignore me. <laughs> um, so the very first episode um, actually aired on May 1st, 1999. And then the second episode didn't air until July 17th. But because we're considering May 1st yeah. to be the original date. That SpongeBob. actually makes sense because there is like a one year anniversary or not a one year, a 20 year anniversary like birthday party for SpongeBob on July 12th. Yeah. The Nickelodeon is doing yeah. um, with like a special. Yeah. So, um, we're, so calling the 20, we're, we're calling the 20 year May, which is when it first premiered. Yeah, the pilot. Even though it was like the pilot was like a special event yep. thing. Yeah. Still counts. Still counts. Um, so, I don't know if we really need to do a background of what Spongebob is. I think everybody knows he's He's a, a pineapple. He lives in a pineapple under the sea. He's absorbent in yellow and porous, is he? <laughs> That's all you need to know. Um, it's also, nautical nonsense be something you wish. Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish. Spongebob square pants. Spongebob square pants. <laughs> okay, so... I'm trying to think of anything that's like important to like point out. So this show was obviously created by Steven Heilenberg, mm-hmm. who actually passed away last year. Uh-huh. Um, Steven Heilenberg actually also worked on Rockless Modern Life. Oh, cool. Yeah, so first off, that show is bomb. Mm-hmm. But um Yeah, so he created SpongeBob after his success with Rockless Modern Life. And, like I said, he passed away in November of 2018. There are 244 episodes and counting. And counting. Over 12 seasons. Got it. But, regardless... SpongeBob was amazing. Uh, the early SpongeBob is probably most of what we're going to focus about. And uh, I think most people that, like watch the show would say that was the best time to talk, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, while we're on the topic, what is your favorite episode? Um, uh, my favorite episode, so I haven't, I don't have one. I have two. Okay. Um, my favorites are Club Spongebob. Okay. Also known as the Magic Conch Shell episode. 
please ask again. And then um, I also really like Graveyard Shift. Okay. Which is the hash slinging slasher. The slash slinging hasher? The hash slinging slasher. Nosferatu. <laughs> I do like that one a lot. Um, I would say mine is the pizza delivery episode. That's the pilot, isn't yeah, it? I think so. Yeah. Um, it's not a boulder. It's, it's a, a rock. rock. <laughs> the pioneers used to drive these babies for miles. <laughs> Um, did you have a second one or was it just, is your favorite just pizza delivery? Cause I thought you were going to keep going and then I interjected. Let me think about it. Um, chocolate, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The episode where they sell chocolate. <laughs> uh, it's saw. called nuts for chocolate or something like that. Yeah. When the guy's like chocolate, chocolate, chocolate for nuts, something along those lines. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Everyone knows what episode it is. The chocolate guy. Um, who is your favorite character? Um, as a kid, probably Sandy or Mr. Krabs. Okay. As an adult, Squidward. Okay, so if we're thinking about it that way, my favorite as a kid... Or Spongebob as a kid. I was going to say, my favorite as a kid was probably Spongebob, but my favorite as an adult is Patrick. That's fair. I love Patrick. He's so dumb. I love it. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Buckle up, guys. This is going to be us quoting Spongebob for the next 45 minutes. Yeah, it's going to devolve into that pretty soon because we got one more of these we got to drink. And we have one before this. True. Not one of these, but... A beer and so. What's your favorite ma- major character? Favorite minor character? Um. Okay. So I have two. I have Fred the fish, who's the my leg guy, yeah. and then Larry the lobster. Okay. I really like the my leg guy. Um. Yeah, probably just Fred. Uh, did you know that the voice actor of Fred, the my leg guy, is also Plankton. Oh, no, I did not. That's cool. Yeah. A lot of the, one of the cool things with this show is that a lot of the voice actors voice multiple people. Yeah. All right. So let's go into your first experience in SpongeBob. Um, I actually watched the premiere, believe it or not. Yeah. Um... So I forgot until I looked it up, but the premiere came on at the end of the Kids' Choice Awards in 1999, <laughs> and I watched it, and I told every single person I knew in a detailed description about the Bubble Stand episode. So you would have been like five. I was a young child, yes. Okay. I remember the first person I think I told about it, I was... I was... um at a wrestling tournament for my older brothers, because both my brothers were wrestlers. And so they must have been in high school, or at least one of them was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it may have been six. No, no, it would have been five when this came out. So definitely my brothers were in wrestling tournaments. And I was talking to the other kids that were all my age at the wrestling tournaments about SpongeBob. Cool. And none of them had seen it. And I detailed <laughs> I gave a detailed description of the bubble stand episode nice and I vividly remember doing that in front of a bunch of like 12 other 12 other kids got it um I actually don't have like a first memory of Spongebob I didn't watch the premiere um I lived in Canada during then I just remember like coming 
to like going to Florida and moving to Florida and so you were eight yeah I just know that's the time we always say it's when you moved to Florida that is when I moved to Florida I was eight so you remember watching it in Florida yeah um I do remember my parents hated Spongebob which is funny because I feel like my parents thought it was funny like I feel like it's a normal reaction is that parents thought it was funny yeah but, like, my parents would not let, like, hated watching it with me. My parents thought it was stupid, but it was funny. They, my like, parents thought it was it stupid and hated it. No, they'd like, watch, like, cartoons in the morning with me. My parents would never have done that. So, my mom was, like, super religious, and my dad was a big sci-fi nerd, and my dad only wanted to watch sci-fi stuff. Actually, okay. he's still like that today. That's not any different. <laughs> That's fair. All right, what is the next topic? Ooh, so... You remember how everyone has always said for so many years about how Spongebob should do the Super Bowl? Yes. (laughs) So, if listeners, if you guys remember, or for some reason were watching the Super Bowl this year, you would remember that they did the intro to the Bubble Bowl Uh during the Super Bowl. Yep. That was the most exciting thing. We were... You're not, Yeah, we were not watching the Super Bowl. We were getting... We were drunk already. I forget what I we were doing. I think we recorded an episode that day. I think we definitely fair. recorded an episode that day. We recorded, and then we went to Roots Pizza, and we're still drinking, and all of a sudden, we're like, oh, hey, Super Bowl's on. And then they went to the halftime show, and they did that, and, <laughs> and we were, were like... like <gasps> I actually have a the photo The entire of bar <laughs> is, like, holding its breath. Everybody was, like, snapping it. It was hilarious. It and was then Maroon 5 kept going, and we were all just like, ooh. Never mind. Nobody asked for that. Nobody wants that. (laughs) I still want a full SpongeBob Super Bowl. That would be great. I think it'd be so much fun. That would be great. Never gonna happen, but wishful thinking. All right. Okay, so the next topic I have written down is Halloween specials. Ooh. The one with the Flying Dutchman where they're, like, reversing... And they're just like, you're good, you're good. I don't know about the Halloween special, but let's actually just talk about that episode for a few minutes. <laughs> that, so that episode's called Shanghai. That's so funny, because like, <laughs> he's just like hitting the wall. You're good, you're good. Like, piece of the boat are flying out. My favorite. You're good, you're that good. That is an incredible episode. So that's the episode where they're like, howl at the wind. And like, Patrick's like, little, 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 little. <laughs> forgot about that. He's like, and then that's also the one where they're looking for a kid to scare, and the kid's like, I had two cupcakes, and then I ate one, and then I only had one cupcake, or something like that. I don't even know what it was, but it's that one where the kid's like jumping rope. Your impression of that is probably the cutest thing I've ever seen. I know why. They were like, why don't you scare that guy? It's like a big, like, ripped guy, and then they're like, how about this one? It's like a little kid jumping rope. Um, and that's the one where they're like trying to be scary and Spongebob puts his hands behind him he puts, puts his th- links his fingers and he puts them behind his head and he pulls them out and they're on the <laughs> and that's him trying to be scary Mentioned fair warning that this is going to be a lot of us <laughs> quoting shit, but like, 
SpongeBob is one of the best TV shows of all time. It's so cool. And so we're just sitting here laughing, thinking about it because it's so good. <laughs> and that is why we watched it for four hours at a party one time. We did. <clears throat> um, so my favorite Halloween episode is actually called Scary Pants. And it's the episode where SpongeBob decides he's going to go as a ghost. He's going to be the Flying Dutchman for Halloween. But he's actually just like wearing a sheet <laughs> with the eye holes cut out. With the eye holes cut out. And I forget why, but he's wearing like Dutch claw. Oh, the Dutchman. He's wearing clogs. Like Swedish clogs. Do you, so, do you have a favorite like other holiday episode that's not Halloween related, even though Halloween's the only holiday that matters? I can't think of very many Spongebob like themed episodes for holidays at the very least. Do you remember the episode of the Christmas one where they did the big Christmas special? No. Where this it's like a musical episode where they are, are like it's the first time Bikini Bottom celebrates Christmas? No. Oh my god, it's so good. So what happens essentially is like Sandy tells Bikini Bottom about Christmas and they keep calling it Christmas! Because it's Sandy <laughs> saying it, so she's saying it in her accent. And um, they're writing, like, everyone's writing letters to Santa, and they stay up all night waiting for him, and then Santa never, never comes. Oh my god, it's so good! Uh, the next note that I had was let's talk about the narrator. One minute later. That one. I love that guy. <laughs> Honestly, my favorite parts of the episodes are when they have, like, indiscriminate amounts of, or like, indescribable amounts of times where they're just like, yeah. sometime later, in the near future, 5,000 years later, when they're like, yeah, waiting, and all of a sudden they're like, beer, they're skeletons with beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the narrator, I think, is a great addition, mostly because when they talk about time. Yeah, it's the time yeah. aspect, yeah. That makes it just so funny, and I'm not sure what about it is so funny, but it is really funny. It really is. I always think about, um, I, I actually do that though. Like when we're doing things, I'm just like five minutes later. So that reminds me of the episode, um, SB129, which is one of the first episodes actually. Okay. And that's the one where Squidward goes in the time machine. Oh yeah. 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 And he means like prehistoric. He goes prehistoric yeah. SpongeBob and he goes future SpongeBob. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The future one reminds me, what were you doing at work that you were like, future? Oh, I just like sent you like a... I don't remember that. I think it's when you were getting all of your um, equipment installed and you're like, it's so shiny and chrome. Oh. I just sent you future. <laughs> I did say that. I was like, everything's... Yeah. Everything's chrome. like stainless steel and chrome in here. Why is everything chrome? <laughs> I remember getting that from you. Oh man, that's funny. Um, what else do we have? Ooh, so this is something I wanted to talk about that I know you've never seen, but, um, in 2017, they released the SpongeBob SquarePants Broadway musical. Okay. It actually premiered in Chicago, and Steve and I got to go see one of the oh. original, like, premiere, like, runs of it. That is cool. So they tested it out here, and it honestly, like... Was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So I've seen a lot of Broadway musicals, and I, this one... Weird flex, but okay. I just really wanted to say that. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why that's surprising at all, but okay. I didn't know you liked musicals. 
I was in theater for four years, I and I, I was mean, a competitive dancer. I told you dancer. I was going to see Hamilton. You didn't seem to care. You're like, okay. I told you I had seen Hamilton. Yeah, I just remember you like you were like, it's okay. Because Hamilton wasn't that good. I really liked it. I don't like musicals, but oh, I didn't anyways, care for Hamilton. Let's go on. Anyway, so that actually opened at the Oriental Theater in downtown mm-hmm. here. And the entire concept is, um, I forget the storyline right now, but they, the way they have like the pit of the orchestra set up is there on like, or at least when they were in Chicago, they were on like these big, like built up risers on the sides of the stage. Okay. So like there's the normal theater seating and then they have these big, like built, very makeshift looking structures built okay with like platforms and then different people in the pit were on different platforms along the sides Uh and it was it felt very audience interactive because the entire concept is like uh things around you would move like Uh on the sides the way the set was designed like things around you would start moving and they would interact with what's going on on the stage okay so i thought it was really that is pretty cool. Interesting going to see, especially because my background in theater was in set designs. So. The theater. The theater. Um, but the really cool thing about this is a, all of the music written was by different famous musicians. Okay. So the reason I got into this was, and this was announced right after his unfortunate passing in 2016, was that David Bowie had written a song for this. Oh, Okay. So, David Bowie and Brian Eno wrote a song that is in one of the very, like, it's in the very beginning of the musical, and I knew that was happening, and I thought that sounded so cool, so I, of course, talked my boyfriend into coming with me. Some of the other songs are written by The Plain White Tees, Panic at the Disco, Cindy Lauper, The Flaming Lips, um, Steven Tyler... And Joe Perry wrote a song. They Might Be Giants wrote a song. Oh. So the entire concept of, I think, a lot of the music behind this was that it was very, like, different artists got behind their love of Spongebob. And actually, if you ever go on, like, Wayne Coyne from The Flaming Lips, his Instagram, he hashtags everything Spongebob the musical. Oh, cool. Even, like, still. Yeah. Got it. It was a really fun show. I remember they did, um, like, a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, like, mm-hmm. bit where they did, like, the opening song, and a bunch of people were like, why is this a thing? But honestly, like... Here for it. It was such a good musical. We, we had so much fun. We went to see it. Yeah. It moved from Chicago to Broadway, and then something happened to the theater that they were doing it in, in New York City. I know nothing about the theaters in New York City. Um, something happened in one of the theater they were in where it required immediate renovations. So I think they took a hiatus, and I think they're going to go on a national tour. Oh, cool. Later this year. Yeah. So That's um, cool. if you are not based in Chicago and like SpongeBob, the SpongeBob musical, I highly recommend. Cool. Um, so while you were talking, I actually had like an idea for a topic because we're nearing the end. I think. Yeah. Um, is there anything from the show that you still do like to this day? Like anything that you did as a joke and like has it have adapted in real life or like any sayings that you constantly say from the show? I do the chocolate thing a lot. I do pinky up a lot. <laughs> oh, a pinky up, pinky up. Um, 
I also make the joke with uh, former Joe a lot about water. Also, water. Water. Yeah, we did it a lot on vacation. <laughs> yeah, we did. When you, me, and Joe were in uh, Orlando on vacation, I feel like we did that. Anytime we got a water anywhere, yeah. even if it, like, we did, they just, like, gave us a water immediately, we'd all just go, water. Yeah. Yeah, we were obnoxious. Um, but yeah. <laughs> not like you and I are not obnoxious already. You get Joe with us in public, oh. we're very obnoxious. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like you and I are obnoxious. Joe's like a catalyst. <laughs> he makes it all worse. I he know. does make it worse. Um, all right. Do you have anything else? Mm. Okay. So I was reading an article from The Guardian earlier about how this came out um, right after Stephen Hillenburg passed away. And they were discussing television shows that are colorful and like weird enough for kids but also smart enough in the writing for adults yeah and i think spongebob was like the true catalyst for that because like growing up i and like even looking back at kids tv shows you you're like watching you're like man this is definitely a show for kids but i think spongebob was really the first show that appealed to both kids and adults? I agree with that 100%. So, like, I recently started rewatching like, a season of Arthur. It's, like, the 10th season. Cause it's on, what year did that come it out? It was on Prime, um, like, 10 years ago. Oh, okay. So, probably, like, 2009, 2010. Um, I just was rewatching it because it was on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And um, I was watching it. I was like, this doesn't hold up. It's, like, definitely a kid show. Like, I yeah. love Arthur, and I would totally watch the episodes I watched when I was a kid again. But I could not watch, like, new episodes and enjoy them. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. Like, it's very similar to how we feel about Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Where it's a kid show, but it's, like, wholesome and it's funny. But the jokes aren't, like, just kids' jokes. There are things that would go over your head if you were a kid. That, like, I think what's partially what we enjoyed so much about when we did that four-hour marathon. Yeah. Was, like, there were jokes that were, like, I haven't seen this episode in, like, ten years. I did this, I completely forgot about this joke or this joke went over my head. Or, like, this was way too clever for me to have understood. Yeah. Because there are a lot of, like, really clever jokes that I think I did not understand as a kid. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, like, our parents got them. Or, like, they're just, like, smart jokes, as you mentioned. Yeah. Like, it's smart humor. And there's, like, some dumb humor that, like, kids like. Yeah. But there's some smart humor that, like, an adult would absolutely love. Because, like, I'm watching with my kid or I'm watching with, like, a nephew or I'm babysitting. And it's, it's funny because of that. So before we wrap up, I had a few random facts that I found on a list um, of like things that you may not have known about SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, the first one is that the idea for the series was from an actual marine biologist. Um, so Stephen Hillenberg has a degree in natural resource planning with a marine resources emphasis, and he used to teach marine biology at the OC Marine Institute. Um, and so he created a comic book called Intertidal Zone, which starred an early version of Spongebob. Nice. Spongebob's original name was Spongeboy, and the show's title was originally going to be Spongeboy Ahoy. Um, I love that name. Spongeboy was a copyrighted name for a moth, but he wanted to keep the name, the word sponge in the title because Makes he wanted sense. to make sure that people didn't think that Spongebob was like a block of cheese. Uh, he does look like a block of cheese. <laughs> he does. SpongeBob's personality was influenced by Jerry Lewis, Pee Wee Herman, and Stan Laurel. Um, and he described Sponge or uh, Stephen Hillenburg describes SpongeBob as a half child, half adult, kind of like a munchkin. 
I get um, that. Like, personality-wise. Um, this is my favorite one. Patrick was initially conceived as an angry bar owner. I don't like it. I hate I it. I think it's funny. So <clears throat> I hate it. When they were storyboarding the pilot, um, Hillenberg and Dryman, they, uh, before they came up with like the Dom Patrick star character, they had a starfish that had a quote-unquote huge chip on his shoulder because he was pink. He owned a roadside bar and was a bully. And then um, Bill Fagerbach, I think I said that wrong, but he's known as Dauber from Coach and Marshall's dad on How I Met Your Mother, voices Spongebob by slowing his speech and pretending that his mouth was on his chest, which I think is funny. That's really interesting. Um, so Steven Hillenberg was against celebrities providing guest voices for the show. Um, but even so, it's out of fear of a comparison to, to the... To the Simpsons. Um, so, <clears throat> the two exceptions to the rule during the first three seasons were Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. And then R.I.P. And then after he resigned as showrunner, they brought on Will Ferrell, T- Tina Fey, Robin Williams, and like other huge celebrities. And I think that... Um, oh, I guess the, uh, there's uh, two more. So, David Hasselhoff kept the 12-foot replica of him that was made for the Spongebob movie. So, have you seen the Spongebob movie? I have. Oh, the Hasselhoff boat is the funniest part in that entire movie. And I ta- make jokes about the Hasselhoff yeah. because of that movie. So, he kept um, the replica, and it, that cost them $100,000 to make. It sure uh, weighed 750 pounds. Um, and then, the last fact, it is... is that it is the longest-running Nickelodeon series ever. So the previous record was for Rugrats for 172 episodes, um, and SpongeBob is now on 244, and it's the longest episode or longest show on Nickelodeon. So I think that covers everything for SpongeBob. Thank you for listening. And uh, as usual, final thoughts will be up next. And if you like our show, please you like us. Which you probably don't, so I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> uh, but if you do, which I hope you do, because we like you. We love you. Give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast app you listen to. iTunes, Spotify, if you can rate on Spotify, I don't know. Um, whatever app you use. And then leave us a review. If you oh. leave us a review, we might read it. We've been saying that for a while. Nobody's left us a review. Nobody's left us a review. <laughs> Please, <laughs> leave us a review. Um, and we will see you next time. Listen to Final Thoughts coming up after the song. Yes. Alright, so today for Final Thoughts, uh, we found an article that we wanted to read. It's called... 21 reasons I grew up to become Squidward. God, I want to hear these. <laughs> um, and so the entire concept behind it is obviously, like, as a, the joke is that as a kid, you relate more to SpongeBob because he's happy and he's excited to do things. And then as you become an adult, you realize, oh man, I really might be Squidward. I don't know that it's a joke so much as it is reality. It's reality. That's <laughs> actually what the it is. The joke's on me. It's all reality. <laughs> the joke's on me. I am Squidward. <laughs> I'm Squidward, okay. I'm Squidward, I'm Squidward, I'm Squidward, Squidward. <laughs> um, So number one is we're super easily annoyed. 
Number two is we don't want to deal with the real world. And there's an image below it of Squidward wearing a giant button that says, I really wish I weren't here right now. That's so true. Uh, we constantly have the anti-morning feels. And it's Squidward on the phone saying, is it time for you to all, or is it already time for you to ruin my day? <laughs> uh, it says, we're regretting our life choices halfway through the day. And it's Squidward saying, I knew I shouldn't have gotten out of bed today. <laughs> yep. Um, we're over dramatic, and that's the here lies my hopes and dreams. Honestly, though, like that's not, I don't even think it's over dramatic. That's like the reality of being an adult. It says we put aside reality to dream big, and it's a clip from uh, the Sweet Victory song in mm-hmm. the Bubble Bowl. Uh, single Life Forever says it's just a cruel reminder that I'm single and likely to remain that way forever. Same. <laughs> That hits hard. (laughs) Uh, We have a cheery outlook on the day, and it's Squidward clocking in saying, another day, another migraine. (laughs) These Uh, are hitting so hard. I feel attacked. (laughs) Right? Uh, It says, my life is very important, and it's Squidward saying, I have an important life, and it doesn't include chattering with YouTube nitties. Nice. Uh, We have intense cravings, and it's Squidward shoveling Krabby Patties. Yeah, it's the one where his thighs blow up. Yeah. Yeah. It'll go straight to your thighs, and then you'll blow up. <laughs> um, it references my dancing skills, and it's Squidward in the talent show. Mm-hmm. Um, love of music, and how he loves playing the clarinet. Um, feeling underappreciated <laughs> once in a while. And it says, hello, you've reached the house of unrecognized talent. <laughs> I can hear him saying that in my head. Right? <laughs> um, you would rather be reading than dealing with people. And it's just Squidward reading a, the paper instead of working. And then it says, or sleeping. Honestly, I'm really hardcore to that one. Yeah. Um, don't like to be disturbed during me time. And it's uh, Spongebob and Patrick standing at Squidward's door. Um, caring about stuff can be very challenging, and it's Squidward saying, wake me up when I care. <laughs> uh, you don't like a routine that you didn't create, and mm-hmm. it's the clip of Squidward, when he moves to the all-squid town, and he's going through the routine of dancing, eating canned bread, and playing the clarinet with a group, and he's just Mm -hmm. sad. Um, And then, to wrap it all up, it says, at the end of the day, or at the end of an event, I was dreading it all along. And it's um, from the Bubble Bowl episode, when they all start throwing um, the drumsticks, Mm -hmm. and he goes, too bad, that didn't kill me. (laughs) Yes. So it's heavy hitting, right? It's true. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all Spongebob. Or, sorry. Squidward. Yeah, I think we're all Squidward. On the inside. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I think that wraps it up. Yeah. So that was Final Thoughts. Stay tuned for the next episode. See you guys next time. All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you, um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is drunkanduncultured. And our Twitter is drunkuncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. 
and I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.